Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. Simply Stogies is a passion project that is fan-funded. If you enjoy the content Simply Stogies brings to you and would like to see more and different kinds of content, a website, more on-location podcasts with blenders, manufacturers, or retailers, or video reviews, please consider supporting Simply Stogies on Patreon at patreon.com slash simplystogies. Supporting Simply Stogies can get you a ton of perks, including instant access to bonus material, access to Simply Stogies Discord, including a Patreon-only channel, shoutouts on the show and social media, a monthly virtual herf with myself and other supporters, the ability to suggest cigar reviews, cool swag, or the opportunity to do a cigar review on Simply Stogies podcast. Thank you for your consideration and your generosity. Now, on to Simply Stogies. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. This episode, I am joined once again by our head reviewer, lead reviewer, the reviewer extraordinaire of all things uh, cigars. It is Mike Brieg. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time tonight to sit down and talk with us about Stolen Thrones, Crook of the Crown, Robusto. Sure thing. Always good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you on. The last episode, as you might remember, I had Lee Marsh on from Stolen Throne. That was a fantastic conversation. I want to again thank Shiny Prophet from SimplyStogies.club for helping facilitate that. And certainly I want to thank once again Lee for taking the time. Like I literally got off a plane, got home, set up his computer, and decided to do an interview with me. So I'm very thankful for that. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, In that episode, I alluded rather quickly to a new podcast network, a podcast, uh, a media co-op that Simply Stogies is now a part of. That media cooperative is Creative Brain Candy. You can check out all the great shows that we've got over on uh, Creative Brain Candy at creativebraincandy.com. They include shows like Smoking and Drinking in Space, Bad Gamers Anonymous, Simply Stogies, of course, and Drunkenomics. Drunkenomics is fantastic if you are into economics. Uh, These are two graduate students at the University of Nebraska who get lit and talk about economics, and they try to break it down so that someone like myself can understand it. So check out Aaron and James over on uh, Drunkenomics. Different James, not me. You don't want me talking about economics over at creativebraincandy.com. I want to start this episode off, Mike, if you don't mind. I want to talk about McAuliffe. McAuliffe Cigars this week shipped out a cigar, 
And as far as I know, it's the first time a cigar has been shipped out without a proper name. Are you aware of a cigar that has been nameless on the market? Oof, man. Sounds like something somebody should have done by now, but uh, no, I can't think of one off the top of my head. No, neither could I. I racked my brain. I looked around just quick. I didn't do a, a whole lot of research for that, but I couldn't find any. The reason they've left it nameless is they want to let their ambassadors pick the name. I think that's a great idea. And if you're not familiar with the McAuliffe Ambassador Program, I want to give you just a quick rundown of what that is. Basically, you go to McAuliffe, their website, which I'll put in the show notes so that you can just click on it. And you should be able to go to their ambassador program and a link there. And you can apply to be an ambassador. And I don't think they turn anyone down. I might be wrong, but I don't think so. I mean, I got in. So I think they let anybody in. What they do is they want... They want you to try McAuliffe cigars, and they want you to be a brand ambassador for them. It's almost like a grassroots movement in the cigar world. I've talked about this, I think, a little bit before on previous episodes. And, and spoiler, I, I am a uh, McAuliffe ambassador. They want their ambassadors to name this. Uh, part of the reason that they want their ambassadors to name it has to do with their open letter that they released in January. Mike, did you ever get a chance to read that letter? I did not read the letter. I'm, uh, I'm unfamiliar with it. Basically, the letter, I won't read the whole thing. Uh, the letter makes promises, three promises to their, their retail partners, their consumers, and the cigar industry. And one of the promises that they make in this open letter to their consumers is we will grow our investment in the McAuliffe Ambassador Program to bring you a greater community, a bigger voice, and more exclusive content. You see this a lot with podcasts. You see this a lot with cigar clubs. We want to give our listeners, we want to give our members, we want to give those in our community a little something-something. We want you to feel like you matter. We want you to feel like you're involved and we want to interact with you. Now you're starting to see cigar companies do that. And this is their first step towards doing that. I mean, to be honest, the, the grassroots ambassador movement is different than anything I've seen before. I'm hoping we don't get drunky McDrunk face or Bodie McBoat face for the name of the cigar. Uh, this is dangerous. Because I, I don't know if you've seen it, Mike, but in the past when companies do this and they let the internet name something, it usually ends up Bodie McBoatface. Yeah, I, I saw that and I uh, simultaneously cringed and laughed at the same time. It seems to be going fairly well. It started today. So they shipped these this week. They will start showing up in B&Ms later this week. It'll be a B&M exclusive. I mean, I guess this is two promises they're delivering on from this open letter because their promise to retail partners is their emphasis is on brick and mortar shops and the profits of the store owner to the relationships of, to the employees. That's their focus. And they want to move the investment from trade shows because they said they weren't going to the PCA this year to the retailers and resulting in increased introduction of product and sales through events and promotions. And this is one of those things. It is a retail exclusive. Uh, it's a Maduro I believe it is in a Grand Toro size. Is that, I think that's right. 
I was going to say, I think it was a Toro. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to trying this. We will be reviewing it here on Simply Stogies as soon as we get our hands on it as quickly as we can. I'm interested to see what the ambassadors come up with. I ha- I didn't put anything in uh, as far as uh, a suggestion. There's a poll going on right now. We'll see what it comes up with. There's lots of great suggestions out there. But I, I think this is a great idea. And if it's this is them delivering on two of their promises, I and, and they've we'll talk about PredX in another episode. They're trying to get really involved in the industry and in the community and on the retail side, Mike. That can't be a bad thing. Let's get to what I brought you here for, Mike, which is Stolen Throne, Crook of the Crown Review. Now, we both smoked the Robusto size. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, that's uh, that's the only size I have smoked. Right. Me too. That's all. I got a fiver of those. I have one left. <laughs> if that tells you how this review is going to go, I only have one left. Typically... I like to to save them and and I'll smoke a couple for a review and the rest will sit there for a while. But I have gone through four of these already. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not that far behind you there. It's uh, I get I bought a bundle just kind of on the the name alone and uh, having heard a lot of really good things and then was uh, very pleasantly surprised. Absolutely. I don't know why I was surprised, Mike. To be honest, because. They're a boutique company, and what we've kind of found so far, at least what I've found so far with boutique companies, is their emphasis isn't really on getting big. Their emphasis is on delivering quality products. So in the, in the last review that you and I did, uh, the Time Traveler 2019 from Isabella, that's what that's what Johnny does. Johnny just he doesn't want to get huge. He just wants to put out a quality product. And I think the guys at Stolen Throne are the same way. Yeah, that was kind of the sense I got too from everything I read and, um, you know, have, have heard it's a, it does seem like they're, they've got a good foundation underneath them of, of how they want to run their company, uh, which is less focused on just, you know, making a profit and more on putting out something quality that they're, they're proud of. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like with most of the boutique companies, I mean, that's who we've talked to a lot, right? We've talked to We've talked to to Nick uh, Malio from Foundation. We've talked to Pete Johnson from Tatawahe. Who I mean, is he really boutique anymore? I don't know, but he kind of still has that chip on his shoulder a little bit. Like he is boutique. Like, look, you know, I'm all about the quality, not the quantity. Uh, we we've talked to uh, Jeremy Castagli, Castagli Cigars, which, in my opinion, is some of the best out there. Uh, and now we've talked to to Lee and and I want to get Johnny on, but it seems like everybody's just in the boutique world so far. They're not out to make a buck. They don't want to get gigantic. They just want to put out quality product. And the product that they've put out, I mean, this has put them. I, I think they're shocked. Lee was very shocked at at the response that he's gotten from the community on this. And we, if you haven't tried Stolen Throne, Crook of the Crown. Check it out. I do believe Cigar Federation, you can get it online there. They're in 50, I believe he said, 50-ish B&Ms around the country. Always looking to get in uh, more. But Cigar Federation is where you can go and and pick these up if you don't have them in your local retailers. Mike, you want to take us through this cigar and and kind of, because you're the expert. What, what is this? How is this cigar built? Oh, well, okay. So, I mean, you can start with the, the base metrics everyone cares about. It's a, 
a Robusto on the Crook of the Crown. It's five inches by 50, so a typical Robusto size. And then uh, it's uh, wrapped in Mexican San Andreas, aged 10 years. Uh, and then the binder is Indonesian with a Nicaraguan filler. Worth yeah. noting, uh, at least for me, this one – in terms of the construction on it, it features one of my favorite things, which is that unfinished foot that wraps around the bottom. I really love I, that. I like that a lot too. I, I noticed that on all of mine and I would, I'm still, that's new to me. A lot of the cigars I smoke either have a closed foot or the open foot. This one, it, it's kind of half and half. I think I've, I think I've had one that had like the shaggy thing going on at the end. Right. One of the reasons that I do love that, unfinished foot is that it gives you kind of just like a tiny sneak peek of what the wrapper is all about for that first, you know, maybe like 10 seconds, you light up the cigar, you get a flavor blast of just pure wrapper leaf. So it's almost like you're smoking the Puritos, you know, along with them when they're doing the test blends and you see why they chose that leaf, like just a tiny glimmer of it. Yeah. It, it comes, it like <laughs> bursting through the door, right? Like gangbusters, it kicks it down. And then it says hello and it walks back out. Yeah, exactly. Let, let's talk about that. This is definitely, in my opinion, this is, uh, I want to be very clear because I'm typically a more uh, mild to medium guy. I don't like those big flavor blasts usually. Uh, this, this is definitely medium to full, probably closer to full than medium. Yeah, I'd put it in there as a, a full bodied cigar for sure. Yeah, this is a dessert cigar. This is a cigar you want to smoke after uh, a big meal, after a steak. This is something that you want to wind down with at the end of the night. That's where this cigar fits in for me. Where does it fit in for you? I was feeling the cigar off season on my first couple of these I smoked for the review where, uh, you know, usually I can handle just about any strength of, you know, cigar that gets thrown at me. But this one... By the time I got halfway through my first one, I was I was feeling it. And then, you know, as it went on, I kind of warmed back up into things. But, you know, this time of year when I'm lucky to smoke a cigar a week or something with the weather, it's um, it definitely sent me back. Maybe at the end of the summer, I might consider it more medium body. But with, right now with where, where my palate is at, for sure, uh, a full bodied experience. Yeah, no, it, it didn't knock me on my butt. But it's definitely, I mean, it's it's strong. And I and I liked it. It wasn't off-putting. There's there are some that will start off the way this one starts off, which is <laughs> full of, of of pepper and spice, and it dances on the tongue. It made my tongue tingle every time. But it immediately, like less than a minute, it's gone and it mellows out, and then it comes back. It's almost we'll we'll discuss it each third. There's like a herald. It's like, da, 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 da. hello, here I am. I think we discussed it. It's kind of the same way with uh, uh, the uh, Time Traveler 2019 from Isabella, just not as many of those yeah, transitions. Yeah, right. <laughs> they went for a measly three or four as opposed to, what was that, nine? Yeah, there were, there were like eight or nine in the Isabella. This one is it doesn't go for that. It's not nearly, uh, but that doesn't mean that it's not complex, and I don't want to. I don't want to mislead our, our listeners. It is a complex cigar with lots of different flavors, lots of different tasting notes. Uh, so let's get into it. So for the first third for you, Mike, what was that like? So the first third, that immediate flavor blast I was talking about off the, the wrapper leaf, the thing that popped 
to me the most was charred marshmallow. And I mean, it was, for me, it was unmistakable. You know, it just took me right back to like a campfire, you know, where you're peeling the gooey marshmallow off the stick that accidentally caught on fire and eating that. You know, it had a good amount of sweetness, but then also uh, a lot of spice, kind of surprisingly, based off of how it smelled and what the cold draw offered. The spice that I got was kind of more like a fresh pepper and not like uh, not like black pepper, more like, you know, sliced fresh uh, fresh peppers. Yeah, for me too. Like so on the cold draw, I was I was pleasantly surprised. It was there was sweetness to the cold draw and a lot of cedar. It tasted like cedar. It tasted the way my humidors smell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tobacco is is what I got from the cold draw. Yeah, I got a little uh, kind of like that twang that you were talking about on the tongue, just off the cold draw. You know, I offered up a little bit of that. And then the other thing that I picked up there was. Um, I would say the one thing that kind of captures it entirely was like a good dark molasses, you know, barbecue sauce had kind of like a little sweet, savory tang going on. Yeah. I, I that's a really good description that nails it for me. Cause I have a hard time placing some of these, these flavors and describing them, but that's, that's spot on. I want to talk real quick before I go into to, to what I got on the first third, which was, is how it looks. Like this is a dark wrapper. It is toothy. It's beautiful. Like you said, it's got that like half closed foot. I really like the look of this cigar. It screams. And I don't know if I've ever used this word to describe a cigar, but it screams sexy. Like to me, this is like a, it's a late night cigar. Mm-hmm. It's got that little oily sheen to the wrapper. I think I put in my notes that it's just, I mean, textbook. Mexican San Andreas looking cigar. It's like you said, that like dark chocolatey mottled brown wrapper, some good sheen to it. And I mean, beyond that, just the the general construction of the cigar seemed really, really good on everyone I've had so far. Yeah. I've had no construction issues. And in fact, tonight I smoked uh, my fourth one tonight. And when I did, I cut a little bit too much off the cap, got a little bit into the shoulder. And with the cutter that I use sometimes, and I use that one tonight, and I don't know why I still have this stupid cutter, but I do. Typically, when I do that, the whole thing will start to unravel. And this didn't. There were a couple of pieces of the shoulder, you know, that the the little pieces that they use to kind of keep the cap right there, that came off. And I was able to just pull those off really easily, and the whole thing stayed together beautifully. The guy responsible for rolling these, uh, Noel Rojas, is he makes some of my favorite cigars that are around and he's, he's kind of identified himself with a lot of other boutique ones. Most notably for me, I know he did Ezra Zion's all my exes and that was a phenomenal cigar. So I know he's worked with those guys, some, a few other smaller operations as well as, you know, some gigantic ones, but everything that guy touches is gold. And this one is no different, no exception here. So for me on the first third, like you were saying, that very first couple of puffs that you take as you're lighting the cigar, hot damn. First, the very first one, I'm going to be honest, Mike, when I very first lit lit it up, I was I was like, if the whole cigar is like this, I'm not I'm not going to be a fan. Because there's there are cigars that are like that, and I just they're not to my taste. It doesn't mean they're bad cigars. If you love them, go. F- fantastic it's just not my thing but this teases you with that 
it teases you. It makes your tongue, it, it prepares your palate. As far as I'm concerned, I think that's what it does. It makes you, wakes you up. It's like, hey, man, you need to get ready for what you're about to taste. And once that, once that kind of dance, that tingle, that twang, that whatever you want to call it goes away off of your tongue, like you get hit with the pepper. And like you said, it's like a freshly cut green pepper, a wood, coffee, and there was a sweetness. And I, and I always go to for when I review a cigar, when I'm trying to taste what it is, sweetness for me always ends up as chocolate, but the barbecue sauce, like that just nails it, but it's a dark molasses based sauce. It's not, it's not a light vinegar sauce. <laughs> if we're going to talk barbecue sauce. So for me, that's just how my mind interprets it is it's, cho- it's like a hint of dark chocolate. I got a lot of the same kind of notes as you, you know, I got a good amount of cream to right away to kind of marry all those flavors together. There was, you know, some caramel for me as well as I think I got, you know, just a little bit of like a bitter, like coffee notes, kind of that like strong coffee, you know, espresso. That's it. I was sitting there tonight going, why, what is this bitterness? I know what it is. I've tasted it before. I probably taste it every day. I'm so, but what it, and you're right. It's that, it's that strong, bitter coffee, coffee note. Like that's exact. That's yeah. That's what it is. And creamy, man. I I don't think I've had a creamier cigar. Yeah. It's uh, it's up there. And and the smoke output on this thing is, is phenomenal. It's not over the top. Like some, I won't mention any brands out there, but it it is a good amount of smoke. It fill fills your mouth. It's easy to retrohale. It is. I really, really, really enjoyed the mouthfeel of the smoke. Yeah, I I use that word quite a bit in my notes, which is kind of a strange thing. But the mouthfeel on the cigar is phenomenal. You know, it's not something that you necessarily notice all the time, but you know, it's just kind of that like after you're done taking a few puffs, and you kind of like you can like still chomp through the flavors that are that are occurring it's uh it's phenomenal the uh the smoke output i was a little surprised at because i mean these things everyone i've had has just been a chimney not just like you know little tiny like puffs of smoke or a steady stream of smoke it's (laughs) like i mean like you know volcano is about to go off it definitely kicks out some smoke and i like that i would rather have was probably too much smoke than not enough smoke like if i had to have either end of the spectrum I would choose the one that has just way too much smoke. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm probably on that that side of things. Yeah, so I I was this the the very first time I had this the first third I, it made me kind of sit up and pay attention. I was like, whoa, what is this? Because again, like we've talked about, it, it was surprising. I, I don't know why I'm always surprised at these things, especially like I said when dealing with boutique cigar companies. But I am, and maybe it's just because there are so many out there that aren't you know bigger names where you smoke them and you're just like so underwhelmed. But this one, you're not. You're going to be overwhelmed, pleasantly surprised, and it, you're, you're going to want to take notice of everything that you're, you're getting hit with. So I want to talk about the second third, and I'll start off the second third because this is the first cigar that I have ever smoked, Mike, that I could taste fruit. Okay, hey. Congratulations. Do you have like a, uh, like a buzzer or something you can hit on the soundboard over there? <laughs> I'll put one in in post. Like I was, 
I was I, I was so excited. I was like, holy crap, I can taste fruit. And it wasn't citrus. Like sometimes I can taste a little bit like hint of citrus. This wasn't citrusy to me. It was it was a rich fruit flavor. I can't place it. I have no idea what it is. You could probably help me with that. But I it was, it was so good. Yeah, here's what the fruit I picked up. And I'm not sure if this is off base or not, but what I got was, you know, those chocolate oranges that you take and you like whack on the counter. They're usually all over the place, you know, around the holidays. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of that. Exactly. Mixed with like a Toblerone bar, you know, kind of that like nougatiness and a Toblerone and then a little bit of orange, a lot of dark chocolate and all that mixed together was some of the flavors I was getting out of this third. Yeah. It was almost like a, like a fig, like, like the filling in a fig Newton. It wasn't like that kind of, it was that rich, dark kind of fruit flavor that I was getting hit with. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, I get that a lot off of Maduro wrap cigars. You know, I compare it to, to dates. Like it's not quite raisins for me, which I see in a lot of reviews, but for me, it's more like dates. Like, um, and I can't think of that cereal that used to have a bunch of dates in it, but that's There's the one. cereal that used to have a bunch of dates in it. Really? I don't know if they make it anymore. It was kind of like uh total or something along those lines. It had a bunch of raisins and dates and things and cornflakes. Mm. I know raisin brand, but that's not dates. That's those are raisins. I get raisins when I smoke Opus X, when it's a good Opus X, which is few and far between. I'll get raisins and cinnamon. This for me was darker. Not so much any baking spices, just it was a, it was a fig Newton without the cookie shell. It was, if that makes any sense, it was, it was very pleasant. And the whole second third of this, that was flavor forward. For me, the first third was very uh, wood forward, very campfire forward. And that kind of, in the it, when it transitioned into the second third, that went into the background. It never really completely went away. But the fruit really took center stage for me uh, in the in in the second third, and that I mean there was still pepper that was on the back of my throat that like that fresh green pepper that was still there. But it again that fruit was just so overpowering, and it made that second third really shine for me. Yeah, the uh, the other thing I picked up, you know, is uh, the second third kicked off all that nonsense I said about the chocolate orange was at the second half of the second third whatever that is math nerds. Uh, but the, the first <laughs> half of the first third or second third was uh, for me, it reminded me of something my mom used to make for breakfast, which was toast with cinnamon and sugar on it. So it had that like kind of that like grainy doughiness to it, but also like a good sweet flavor, kind of softer, like, like cinnamon and a little bit of sugar. See, I didn't pick up any baking spices. I typically like when I pick up baking spices, and I don't know if I was just really happy every time that I would smoke this and I got the fruit <laughs> that I was just, yay, fruit. And I completely lost track of everything else. So uh, that that's completely possible. I, I, I really dug it. I thought it was great. I want to talk about the burn at this point. Out of the four that I've smoked, uh, the burn was really good on all of them. The ash didn't hold lo- more than an inch. But it was always tight. It was never really flaky. It was a, a nice, white, tight ash. Tonight, uh, on, on the one that I smoked before I came in to record this podcast with you, 
uh, the burn was a little wonky. It never needed a touch up and it always corrected itself, but it always seemed like it was playing catch up on one end. Yeah. I smoked, uh, well, I'm on my fifth right now and the burn was phenomenal on all of them. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't touch my lighter after the initial light up for any of them, not, not a relight needed or, you know, to correct a, a wonky burn. And the ash, like you said, I, I mean, you nailed it. It's, uh, for me, it hung out until, you know, about an inch, inch and a half to where you're like, okay, it's gonna, it's either going to end up on my lap or in the ashtray where I put it. So I let it, let it cling for about that long before ashing it. And like you said, I mean, no flake to it. It's, um, uh, a nice sturdy ash where it's not going to be dusting your entire work surface with, with ash as you, as you go. No, I'm, I'm wearing a black sweatshirt, uh, tonight and there was no ash on it. Like typically if I wear a black sweatshirt outside, uh, and I'm smoking, I'm dusting ash off when I come, you know, before I come in or whatever, but tonight, no, it was, uh, it was clean. So I, I really enjoy that. I think these, these cigars are constructed extremely well. Noel Rojas, like he knows obviously what he's doing because these things are, they're, they're very well constructed. I, I'm always surprised because I, I'm not the best at always keeping my cigar lit, especially when I'm trying to pay attention to flavors. Cause I'll get lost in little rabbit holes in my mind. So I'll go down the rabbit trail with, oh my God, it's fruit. Now, what kind of fruit is it? And I'll get really excited about that. And I go, oh man, I need to take a puff or this thing's going to go out. And it was always easy like to, to get it going again, even if, you know, it was almost to the point of going out, never had to relight, never had to touch up, just absolutely fantastically constructed cigars. Yeah. Another thing on the construction, I don't know about yours, but mine were, I mean, just like shockingly dense cigars. Yes. Like if you yes. wanted to break this thing, you'd have to do it over your knee. You know, it's uh, what usually, I'll, you know, at the start of a review, I'll, um, you know, just kind of like lightly compress up and down the body of the cigar to see, you know, if there's any soft spots or, you know, pebbles hiding underneath the wrapper leaf. But I mean, this one, when you squeeze it, I mean, gives you nothing. It's like squeezing a stick, which had me really concerned that the draw would be way too tight but the draw is perfect on them it may be a little on the loose side for me for a couple of them but i mean overall nothing to complain about yeah i didn't have any draw issues either you're right it is very dense I, sometimes when you pick up a cigar i always feel like i'm gonna break it right. but with with, the, with this one it's no not at all like it, it's construct it's a tank of a cigar it really is it is dense uh, it's, it's very well made. Like you said, you'd have to try to break it over your, over your knee to, to, to get it, which is great because I think it, you know, we talk about, you live in the climate you live in. I live in the climate where I, I live in where it's up and down and back and forth. And, you know, you, we talked with the Isabella, you left yours outside for a couple of days to let it acclimate before you went to smoke them. And I don't do that. I, I right? was joking. Oh, uh, see, you got to tell me when you're joking. Yep. Don't, yeah. <laughs> I never, I never let them out. I know some people say leave them out for an hour or leave them out for a couple of hours. I've never Great dry box that. it. Yeah. Never dry box it. I never do. I pull it out because I feel like if it's constructed right, if it's made right, you shouldn't have to do that. I mean, these things are sturdy, right? I mean, for the most part, cigars are meant to take a little bit of abuse. This one definitely could. Oh Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. This one absolutely could. Like like I said, it's it's like a tank. 
So for the last third, again, like, did you get the pepper blowing the trumpet saying, hey, man, it's time for another transition? Yeah, certainly at the, the start of it, it there was a, uh, a good kick of pepper. Uh, I don't think we mentioned, but at the start of the second third, I got that as well. Yeah. And then it kind of receded back to the more like chocolate and coffee flavors for me. The other things that I, I picked up in that final third were kind of the, I don't know the, quite the, the right way to say it, but like the herbal qualities of tea, like a black tea. Yes. So it's not quite spice, but you know, that kind of like herbal nature and then uh, some cedar. Yeah. I got a lot of, I, I did get some wood. I got it, it for me. It comes across as just dark and rich. And that third part, I mean, we, I talked about the richness of, of the fruit and that's how, you know, my palate was interpreting it for me. This got, it got dark. It didn't get strong. It didn't get, it wasn't a pepper bomb. It didn't get, uh, uh, you know, overly in your face with anything, but it was a lot of, of roasted flavors for me, like roasted nuts or charred wood, a little bit of leather, uh, but the fruit, it's always weird for me when I smoke a cigar and I get to that last third and it's not a pepper bomb because there are so many that do that. And this one doesn't like it, it, it kind of comes in there to say, Hey, here's the last third and then goes away. And, but it doesn't, it doesn't stick around. So I'm always surprised by that. And the sweetness from the fruit hung around. I think you're right on there with, you know, saying that it's kind of just like a, a rich, dark flavor profile at this point. Where, you know, it, uh, it starts out kind of, you know, all these different flavors occurring. And by the end, it's almost like, you know, when you're making stew or something and everything's kind of gelled together and all the flavors are working together nicely. And it doesn't taste like, you know, like potatoes or carrots anymore, but it all just tastes like stew. Yeah, that's exactly. It's like leftovers. It's a right. stew that you made two days ago that you're pulling out and it's had time to just Everything is marrying together and it's marrying the way you want it to, not in an off-putting way, not in a, a way that's going to make you kind of question anything. It is, it is marrying in a way that makes you go, damn, they did a really good job with this cigar because it is so rich and it's full and it's, it's really, really good. Mm -hmm. it, it's a, uh, it's meaty without the meat. That's it. That's exactly it. It's beyond meat. This is a cigar for vegetarians. I don't exactly. I don't know. I don't know, but it is. It's really, really good. And everyone, I didn't want to end. It wasn't, it never got to a point for me where I wanted to put it down. I kept going, man, I wish, I wish I would have bought the Toros. Yeah, same. So let's, let's talk about <laughs> how you're going to rate it. So your review will be up at the same time. This goes live for everybody. So you can go over to simplystogies.com on the front page there, uh, and you can check out Mike's review of this. And there he'll give a full detailed review. He'll have fun facts, the whole thing that Mike always does. He does a fantastic job. Check it out, simplystogies.com, uh, very front page. Or you can go up to the top uh, and go to reviews and cigar reviews, and you'll see all of his wonderful reviews there. But we're going to let you, the listener, know exactly how we scored this, what we score it. What do you What are you giving this one, Mike? So... Man, I felt a lot of pressure on this one. I, I love to read other reviews as I'm smoking these cigars just to see, number one, to baseline myself to make sure I'm not off the wall one way or the other. 
and also you know kind of cliff notes right it you're like oh yeah so james picked up a little fig in the middle and you either think like that guy's crazy or oh yeah i kind of got that too it helps you build your experience and every review i read for this one was really really good most of them were you know nine or 90s and above uh catman gave it uh, a perfect score of 100 which is um less and less rare for him anymore but still no a small feat uh you know he just raved about it and anytime that happens i'm i'm fully prepared to go the antagonistic way of saying like it's not as good as everyone's saying don't believe the hype um but for me this one this one hit the hype and it's uh uh, I think I ended up giving it kind of a mid um, to low nine point rating. So uh, uh, right around a 9.3, I believe, which is, I, I mean, it's high. I, I don't like to compare my ratings across cigars, you know, to say like, oh, it rated the same as a Davidoff or it rated the same as, um, you know, uh, a black label because every cigar is different. Every experience is different, but, you know, for me, for this one, it's it's definitely up there in, um, you know, one of the top cigars I've smoked in the past year. And I wouldn't be surprised to see this thing land on a bunch of lists. Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. I mean, so far, this is up there for what I've smoked this year. Uh, I don't, you know, we haven't talked about lists yet at all. We've been talking about a whole lot of other things going on in the cigar industry and and, and the, you know, what we're doing this year and where we're going and, and how we're going to, to try to bring content to the listeners and, and to the to the followers of simplystogies.com. But I think you're right. So you put this at a 9.3. I'm going to say I'm going to agree with you. And this is a 9.3. Now, I think on the I think on, on the Isabella Time Traveler episode, I said that that was a 9.3. It doesn't, it doesn't mean maybe the system's broken, <laughs> right? Maybe this or maybe I'm broken. It doesn't mean that these are the, the same cigar. I don't, and I always hate that when people compare the score, the score should be compared to just that cigar, right? It should be based on right, what that cigar relative is. to the cigar. Right. Don't think that you're going to get the same flavor profiles or the, like I have to look at these differently. I have to base them on their own merits, judge them on their own merits. And that's what I've done here. I think it's a 9.3. I think this is a fantastic cigar. I, you know, maybe if I was Catman and I was able to get some of the flavors that he's able to pull out, maybe, maybe it'd be a hundred, but I don't know if there's ever a perfect anything. I, I just, I don't, I don't know if I could ever go, damn, that's a hundred. That's a, that's the perfect cigar, but this is pretty yeah. close. It's pretty, close. It, it's, it's pretty close. And the thing that really struck with me is, uh, you know, a quote from, I think it was Lee that said it, where their goal is just to, to make a cigar that they wouldn't get tired of smoking all day, every day. And for me, I mean, to, it's a 10 out of 10 in that regard, where if you had to just smoke a cigar every day, I wouldn't mind if it was this. Yeah. I think Lee was also the one who said that it's crazy to think that someone would just smoke this cigar every day, all day. Yeah. I mean, I would never actually do that. Yeah. No, I wouldn't either, but this was definitely one that will be in the humidor all the time. Now I will put up on the show notes where you can get this at cigar federation. I'll put a, uh, a link there. Uh, I'll reach out to uh, Lee and see if there are links to other uh, B and M's that they're in. And maybe we can get a list going. And get that out there for everybody as well, because I think this is something that if 
you haven't tried, you absolutely should. Because I know that there's a lot of people out there that like this type of flavor profile who really dig this medium plus to full flavor profile. And this is a cigar you will absolutely love. Couldn't agree more. It's, uh, you know, it's a, if you like Maduro's, uh, you're, you're definitely not going to go wrong with this one, especially for the price. I mean, it's, you know, a, a phenomenal deal. The one tough thing about the cigars, uh, it's going to be a little bit harder to find. And that's not always a bad thing. Get them while you can keep them in your humidor. I believe Cigar Federation says, hey, you know, imagine having a, a first release Tatawahe. It's kind of the same thing because this, I, they're just as good. Uh, they really are. I think they're they're constructed, like I said, like a tank, just very well put together, very well thought out as far as the flavors they wanted, and and I, it delivers on on everything you want in a cigar. So, congratulations to to Lee and, and the team over there at Stolen Throne. Uh, this Crook of the Crown Robusto is absolutely fantastic. Nine point three from Simply Stogies. Mike, thank you so much once again for coming in, sitting down with me, talking cigars for a little bit. I really do appreciate it, and I know our listeners do too, because your palate is much better than my palate. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, it's always a pleasure. That is our review of Crook of the Crown from Stolen Throne. Join me next time when I don't know what I'll be talking about just yet, but I promise it'll be Simply Stogies. Stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies. <laughs>